Hi, welcome to Clean Sweep. I'm Lucy Nathwani. And I'm Roxy Rem. And today we are going to be talking a bit about batteries. So when was the last time that you thought about batteries? Maybe it was the last time that your phone died, or when you learned about a new model of electric car. But as mundane as they may seem, batteries are a fundamental part of modern life. Just about every electronic device we use relies on batteries, and as technology advances, so do our power storage needs. And beyond consumer technology, we need batteries to fully replace fossil fuels with renewable energy sources. It's not an exaggeration to say that our future depends on advances in battery technology. So today, let's talk about batteries. Why have batteries become so relevant? And what technologies hold the most potential for the future? So let's start with the first question. Thanks to recent advances, solar and wind energy are actually some of the cheapest renewable energy sources today, and demand is increasing. So Lucy, why haven't they replaced fossil fuels then? So it turns out that both forms of energy are really, really variable. So for solar, a ton of energy is produced during the day when there's a lot of sun, but almost no energy is produced at night when there's a lot of demand for that energy. Similarly, for wind energy, most energy is produced on windy days, and it is not produced on days with less wind. So a lot of energy goes to waste on days when too much is produced, and fossil fuels are still needed at night or on days with no wind when not enough is being produced. And batteries can solve that problem. Right. With more powerful batteries, more energy can be stored during peak production hours and then used during peak demand hours, which closes the gap between supply and demand for renewable energy. Companies and research groups are now trying to develop cheaper batteries with higher energy densities so that solar and wind can be used even at times when they don't produce enough energy. As it turns out, this is not a new issue. As technology has advanced, batteries have advanced to power them. Most modern devices operate with lithium-ion batteries, which are incredibly powerful compared to other types of batteries that are currently on the market. They power our phones, our electric vehicles, and just about everything else today. In fact, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded to the developers of lithium-ion batteries in 2019 because the technology had such a huge impact on all things electronic. So how do they work? Well, most batteries operate on the same principles. One end of the battery is the anode, and the other end is the cathode. When the battery is powering something, the materials in the anode release electrons. The electrons flow through the device and back into the cathode. To balance charge, ions travel into the electrolyte of the battery, which is in between the anode and the cathode. Changing the materials that are in the anode and the cathode changes the battery's energy density, its voltage, and its lifetime. Pretty much everything depends on what materials you pick for the anode and the cathode. In lithium-ion batteries, the cathode is made of a lithium-cobalt compound, and the material in the anode can vary, but it's usually graphite. When lithium-ion batteries were initially developed, scientists actually experimented with using pure lithium metal in the anode. They got really, really high energy density in the battery, which is a good thing, but the batteries were super unstable. To commercialize the technology, they ended up using lithium-cobalt compounds, even though lithium-ion batteries were larger and heavier than these theoretical lithium metal batteries. So, Lucy, you're saying that if we could make stable lithium metal batteries, we could have much lighter and smaller batteries for phones, EVs, and for storing generated energy? Yeah. So a lot of groups in academia and industry are working to solve this problem. So why are lithium metal batteries unstable then? It turns out that the issue has to do with recharging them. When a battery is in use, lithium gives up one electron and becomes an ion. That ion travels into the electrolyte, leaving the surface of the cathode. 
but when the battery is recharged, those lithium ions have to go back to the cathode. And when they come back, they deposit randomly on the surface of the cathode. So then the cathode isn't really smooth anymore. Over time, it starts to form bumps, which turn into branches, which come into the electrolyte. If those branches get long enough, they reach the other end of the battery. That sounds like a fire waiting to happen. Basically, yes. Uh, lithium metal batteries work well when they're charged the first time, but after several recharges, the battery will short and catch fire. So it is not a good choice for devices that require recharging, which is most of our devices. But many groups are working to prevent the formation of branches, which are called dendrites, in lithium metal batteries. Professor Shin Li's lab at Harvard is one of these groups. His group places 3D conductive frameworks, which are flexible, electrically conductive structures in the battery's electrolyte that guide lithium ions to form smooth surfaces on the cathode. Recently, they developed a way to make 3D conductive frameworks using everyday materials. I sat down with him to talk about his work. Some other people also found that if you can make this uh, 3D framework with certain elastic uh, uh, flexibility, meaning that you can, you can uh, bend it, uh, that also help, right? So we kind of combine them together. We invented the approach. We start from a fabric, and you know, a fabric that's not electron conducting, it's insulator. We found a chemical solution, right? So that can dissolve copper ion, copper two plus ion inside. And then you dip your surface treated fabric into that solution. And after a while, copper ions will, will deposit to the surface of the fabric and uh, uh, combined with electron, it becomes uh, the copper-coated fabric and copper is electron-conductive. By dipping regular fabric in copper solution, the group was able to develop a cheaper 3D conductive framework for the electrolyte, which reduced dendrite formation when the batteries were recharged. It's important to note that it reduced dendrite formation and didn't prevent it entirely. That still might be a long way away but now the batteries can be recharged several times before they short. His work, along with the work of many other groups in academia and in industry, paves the way for lithium metal batteries to become commercially viable. So in the future, we'll be seeing lithium metal batteries replacing lithium ion ones? Maybe, but it's more complicated than that. Lithium is very, very expensive and difficult to mine. So as demand for lithium increases, batteries will become more and more expensive to make. So a frontier in battery technology is finding materials for the anode that are not lithium. Batteries made with lithium have the highest theoretical energy density out of all the elements, but other materials can also perform very well at a fraction of the cost. Professor Donald Sadaway's group at MIT recently made great advances in this field. I spoke with Professor Sadaway to learn about the new technology he developed using aluminum at the cathode and sulfur at the anode. I, I coined this term cost-informed discovery. So you think on cost even before you do the, the research in the lab as opposed to the classical university model, which is invent the coolest chemistry and then flip it and a startup company will chase down the cost curve. I said that won't work in this sector because the, the, the price point has to be so low that you have to think about cost at the beginning. I want a metal, non-metal battery. Uh, I'm not going to go with intercalation the way lithium ion works. Uh, no volatile flammable electrolyte. And um, I want a metal negative electrode. And um, so what's what's the most uh, 
abundant metal in the Earth's crust. It's uh, aluminum. It's even more abundant than iron. So I said, well, let's go to the cheapest non-metal. And the cheapest non-metal is sulfur. So I said, put those as my bookends. Sadoe's group recently published a paper detailing the properties of these aluminum sulfur batteries. Key to their development was the use of a molten salt electrolyte. Molten salt. <laughs> Sounds pretty dangerous. What temperature does the battery operate at? The salt that Sadoe's group is using actually has a very low melting point. It liquefies at about 65 degrees Celsius, which is lower than the boiling point of water at 100 degrees Celsius. And the salt they picked has other benefits. It actually suppresses dendrite formation in these batteries, which means that the battery can be safely recharged many times. The battery's energy density is lower, so it probably wouldn't be used in handheld devices or electric vehicles where having really small, really light batteries is useful. But it has huge potential in the renewable energy market where you can have a big battery power an entire house or in a power station, which would account for variability in the production of renewable energy. So, um... If, if we if we take that as the state of the world right now, uh, you want to run a lithium metal with uh, today's volatile flammable electrolyte, yeah, you'll have much higher energy density, that's for sure. But um, you still have all of the concerns about uh, catching fire. And, uh, you know, the whole business of charging the lithium metal battery, uh, the surface becomes... Uh, mossy and then grows to dendritic and dendritic can lead to shorting and so on and so forth. So um, no question that the energy density would be higher, but uh, there are these other problems. But I would add that it, if you're talking about uh, batteries for applications and stationary storage, energy density doesn't mean anything because you're not moving this thing. So the fact that this is uh, more watt hours per kilogram. If you're not moving it, it doesn't matter. The 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 only uh, metric that really counts in this space is dollars per kilowatt hour per cycle. If I gave you a battery that was only um, fifty watt hours per kilogram, but it it costs you ten dollars a kilowatt hour capital cost, you'd use it everywhere. And lithium ion has higher energy density. But it's, it's priced way too much. I mean, no matter what people say about, oh, the cell cost is coming down towards $100 a kilowatt hour. But that's not a battery. A cell is not a battery. A battery is a, is a large number of cells that, that uh, has been aggregated. And then there's, you know, the, the balancing, the power management system, the inverters, rectifiers, all that stuff. You put all that together and drop it inside a shipping container and your capital cost on the lithium ion battery is nowhere near $100 a kilowatt hour. It's way up. That thing that they installed in South Australia, that came out at $500 a kilowatt hour. And nobody would buy a battery for $500 a kilowatt hour unless the government paid for it and gave it to them. So um, that's where... The, the aluminum sulfur, we know that the, that the capital cost of aluminum versus lithium, big cost advantage. Sadoe sees applications for these batteries in powering individual homes and in supplying charging stations for electric vehicles, to name a few. The technology's low cost and easy to access materials make it ideal for widespread use. So when do you think aluminum sulfur batteries will be powering our homes? 
It might be a while. I spoke to Professor Lee about the benefits of moving past lithium-based cathodes. He emphasized that lithium is expensive and unstable, and it's likely not going to be a sustainable resource for battery manufacturing. However, he noted that a significant disadvantage of aluminum sulfur batteries is that their chemistry is completely different from that of existing batteries, and that new manufacturing techniques need to be developed to make them. From commercial application perspective, right, lithium battery is already a huge business uh, and industry. So whenever you have a big business industry like this, um, there is a momentum there. So it's very difficult to replace it by another type of uh, uh, technology, uh, fundamentally. Right? So in, in some niche market, you may be able to do so. Right? So a small portion, that, that new technology, really, new chemistry really has advantage. But uh, for the dominant market applications um, that are using Lisman battery now, uh, the momentum there will just keep this technology and any new technology, right? So if it wants to uh, to replace it eventually, uh, the closer to the existing technology, the, 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 the more possible it will be successful. Lee hopes to use his innovations in battery technology with the 3D conductive frameworks to advance sodium ion and sodium metal batteries. The chemistry of sodium metal batteries is very similar to that of lithium metal batteries. And while the battery's energy density is slightly lower, sodium is much more abundant in nature. Its chemistry is also really similar to that of lithium batteries, so it would be way easier to manufacture sooner. So let's look at the big picture again. What is the future of battery technology? The short answer is it's complicated. Battery technology is a very quickly growing field. It draws on concepts from chemistry, from physics, and from material science to develop batteries for really broad and really niche applications. There is no such thing as the perfect battery. Each type of battery that we've discussed has different benefits that make them better suited for different applications in clean energy. The future of batteries may be variable, but it is certain that batteries will continue to shape the world as we know it. What an electric talk, Lucy. Thank, thank you, you, Roxy. Thanks for listening to Clean Sweep. I'd like to thank Professor Donald Sadoway, Professor Shin Lee, and the others who made this possible. See you next time.